0: Hi,
1: this is Hope. This is Chris. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're
0: listening to know M- FD
1: Radio. Doug, we were not responsible podcasters last weekend. <laughs> we had good
0: intentions, but...
1: We did. Just didn't really happen. Three times now I've been to a Runner's World event, my microphone has made the trip to a Runner's World <laughs> event, and zero times have I recorded a second of audio at the Runner's World event.
0: You know, there's just not a lot of downtime, and when, no. when there is downtime, we're doing other fun activities.
1: Yeah, we're resting, because there's not any downtime. Right. Yeah, so three times now I've done it. Three times, it has come out of my bag through the security checkpoint. <laughs> it's like a pipe bomb. Uh, but, so if I go back to Runners World again, I probably won't bring my microphone, and I'll just record a recap when we get home like we're doing this time. Yeah. We were, however, successful casino gamblers.
0: We were, amazingly, for the first time. We've been to the casino a number of times together. For the first time we both left the weekend
1: with extra money. We did. With winnings. That was fun. That always makes makes for an enjoyable trip. Regardless of how everything else goes. But everything else actually did go really well. We had a fun weekend again. Uh this was the Runners World Half and Festival. We're gonna be giving you a quick recap of that and then talk about what our topic is this time. And that is something that Dina Caster talked about and that's one of the nice perks of these things is you get to go Usually they have a keynote speaker, but we as the the bloggers get to uh have enjoy a little lunch with them or a you know, meet and greet type thing. So we got to do that with Dina, who if this is if I'm not botching this, is is the fastest American marathoner, female marathoner ever, right? The only one to go under two twenty. Yeah. Um so that is really cool. I mean that to me meant a lot. She as I, we mentioned Spirit of the Marathon not that long ago, the movie. And she was the featured women's elite runner in that movie. They followed her throughout the training for and the race the chicago marathon 2005 i think Yep. and i actually asked her during at the end of our meet and greet things i said what was was your most meaningful race and she said it was that one which Hmm. is really cool because that's that's really i mean i knew she had won a bronze medal in the olympics and i knew she'd won a few other big marathons but i think that was her first big marathon win at least the movie set it up that way and uh, it was cool that her answer was the only marathon that i really knew anything about <laughs> I mean, other than i know what her accomplishments are but that's the only one i knew any detail about and how it all went
0: well she went back to chicago about two weeks ago and set the american masters record
1: yes and we were confused about that but masters means over 40 right 40 and over yeah I think. okay 40 and over
0: mm-hmm. yep and her time there was 227 which is
1: pretty fast yes somewhat <laughs> faster than we could do it
0: a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, she... Um, I wonder if she listened to our How to Run Faster
1: podcast. Maybe that's too. how she did it. Man. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, we there was a question at the end. Her talk was really neat. It was about positivity and good, just mental running stuff. And you Have you published the post or you... Uh,
0: it'll be published the day that this episode is published. So nice. Okay. You can so go over. to
1: rockcreekrunner.com and read Doug's post that was inspired by Dina's talk. This episode, though, is about, or I guess, inspired by the answer to a question that Dina gave in response to a question by our now friend Nancy who writes over at living the dream uh, i think it's fancy little fancy nancy littlefancynancy.blogspot.com uh if you just type in living the dream nancy you'll probably find it but anyway uh, she asked a question and about how how Dina's life has changed as a runner now that she's a parent and her answer to that was interesting and kind of gave us some some things to think about but anyway let's let's talk quickly about our weekend and how it went because it really was fun these things always uh, are a nice kind of shot in the arm to get you excited or get me excited about running again they're always and they always happen to come at a time when i need that maybe that's because i always need that <laughs> but, but they always seem to be at an appropriate time uh give me a few new books and if you just i don't know they just make you feel good about being a part of this running community Certainly, when we were in the 10K, you know, singing "Happy Birthday" to David Willie, the editor-in-chief of Runners World, mm-hmm. and then taking a selfie with him and Brian from Ultra, you know, it just—it just is cool. It just—it just makes you feel like this is a really cool thing we get to do, but yeah. also really fun to just be a part of this community. It's just a really neat thing. Definitely. So, uh, again, it was sponsored by Ultra, and I say again, not because we've said that, but because last year it was also sponsored by Ultra, and the year before that, and maybe even one more before that. But Ultra are friends of ours. They make shoes that we like. They're zero drop, they are foot shaped, and we've both done a significant amount of running in Ultras. Ultra is not sponsoring this or anything like that, but they did sponsor the Runners World event. So, wanted to mention them here. We had Golden Harper, their CEO, on our podcast last year after the event because we really liked what he said about shoes. And thinking we're going to have him back on again. We talked about another topic idea to do in the next couple weeks. So, look forward to that. He knows a ton about shoes and running form and why people get injured and all that so that'll be a good one uh but anyway good to hang out with them good to get some new shoes i got a pair of the instinct which is their slightly less minimal than the the one which is what i've been running in Mm -hmm. and what'd you get
0: i was i was given a pair of the tourins which is their road shoe that's a little more cushioned than the instincts so it's a reasonable amount of cushion but not not as large as a max cushion shoe
1: And Road Shoes is a good fit for you.
0: And a Road Shoes is is actually my first new pair of Road Shoes in a number of years, which is good because I needed that. Good.
1: So anyway, (laughs) uh, yeah, we like Ultra though. They're good. And last time, we'll have to confirm this with Golden again, but last time we talked to him, he said all the shoes were in fact vegan except for their walking shoes, which is always good to know. Um, What else? Belega also sponsored it. Speaking of vegan products, they are a sock company and they're not a vegan sock company, but I've been... Disappointed recently to be getting socks from them for free at events like this and finding that they are now using different types of animal wool and things like that in almost all their socks. But the ones that we got this time were vegan. They were made out of polyester and some other stuff. So way to go, Belega! Keep that up uh, if you want to keep being my favorite sock company, <laughs> which I know a lot of decisions are based on. <laughs> what does Matt think in this situation? <laughs> exactly. uh, so what else this year? Oh, other sponsors. Uh, KT Tape gave us some KT Tape. Yep, it's good. Something we've never used before. We have accused it of being a placebo effect product, but I'm going to try it. Yeah, uh, Ultima Replenisher Electrolyte Drink, which all which I've never had before. But, but I was reading well, the packaging thing, and it's all natural stuff. No cool. artificial sweetener. There's stevia in there, which I never like the taste of. But uh, I suppose it's better than than sorbitol or whatever those other xyl. So I, I don't know what they're the artificial things that we don't want. <laughs> Uh, so that was good. And then there were some other sponsors, but those were the big ones that, that mattered to us mostly. So I figured we'd give them a shout out, and thank you for sponsoring a great event again. And what else, Doug, this year? Trail race was new. That was fun. Yeah. 3.8-mile trail race. The yeah, new... so
0: I guess we haven't really said that the Runners World Haven Festival is more than just half marathon. It's yes. four different races. No, Friday, Friday is the 3.8-mile trail race. Saturday was the 5K and 10K, and then Sunday was the half marathon. And
1: there's also a kids race and a dog race.
0: And a kids race and a dog race, but not not dogs racing. But right. you run with your dog. Not the
1: kind where you bet and try to win place and show. Pick the right dogs. You
0: were really disappointed when you heard there was a dog race. <laughs> cool.
1: I was, people were saying we were going to go to that, and I was like, that "Just, I don't really want to go to the dog race. <laughs> uh, it seems like a non-vegan thing." And people like didn't really know what I was talking about, and I didn't understand why. I thought that was pretty clear why a dog race <laughs> wouldn't be a good thing. Turned out that was it was a totally nice dog race where I think the owners run with their dogs and. You yeah, know, just, just a nice really catching the dogs in like yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Not, not exploiting dogs or anything like that.
0: Probably not even a race. It's probably just a
1: dog fun run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unless they had a mechanical rabbit that takes off and then the dogs just get going. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so that was cool. Uh, new race. The trail race was fun. Although the trail race made me really tired. I think the first five minutes of the trail race ruined the, my next few races and maybe not run the half marathon which I was just barely thinking about doing before that because of your influence. But I did not end up doing the half marathon. Uh, Trail Race was one of those things where there's a rocky patch because we got a little sneak preview of the course courtesy of Bart Yasso, which was awesome in the morning. Mm -hmm. But we found that there was this rocky part where even our group of just 15 bloggers, were there's kind of a walking line. Has anyone, if you've ever done a big trail race, has probably experienced something like that before where you just get backed up on a certain part of the course. So... Me, being smart, figured we'd sprint ahead and, and get ahead, beat the crowd to that, get through that before the line formed, but it turned out that uh, speeding through that first five minutes kind of made me... I never recovered from that for the entire weekend, <laughs> not just that race, but the entire weekend, never recovered from that first five-minute sprint uphill.
0: Yeah, I,
1: I felt a little bit guilty about that because I think I'm the one who talked you into, <laughs> into doing that. I, I, was, I was all for it. It made sense. I didn't want to be waiting and standing in line. Um, but
0: that that was a fun race. It was the only one that I raced i tried to push really hard at and um and had a good time it was neat to run a short trail race there aren't enough of those
1: designed by bart
0: also designed by bart yeah, yeah.
1: so he was fun again we got to go to his house which was unexpected i don't think he expected that but <laughs> yeah. somehow we stopped at his house and went in there and saw his pictures and everything else <laughs> uh he's always fun he's he's the highlight of these weekends for me for yeah. some reason, just yeah, his personality character yeah. yeah i mean you, like before I, you know there's the aso 800s everyone knows about that these 800 800 meter workout which we talked about in our recent episode about getting faster uh he's also he's the mayor of running he's the cro at runner's role which is chief running officer but the question is always like what does he actually do and what you know what does that mean to be the mayor of running but once you see him you you get what it's about he just is this face of running in base of runner's world and he's just there and he announces the races he rides the bike in front of the races he's saying hi to everyone he designs a bunch of courses and yeah he just he just adds to the experience mm-hmm. uh is a, is a great ambassador for the sport so that's what he does uh he's awesome he's
0: really accomplished and i didn't realize how many ultra marathons he had run as well
1: apparently he's done bad water someone yeah. told us that was his first ultra yeah if that was true i don't know who told us that he he said that he did in a, in a talk yeah. okay uh-huh so yeah, he's in that. Uh, he's he's run. He's won several marathons, of course. I don't know what, how fast he. You know, old school runner though. Guy who was probably fast when, when. I, I don't know who over the era. Bill Rogers, yeah. Uh, Ambie Burford, who we also met, uh-huh. running, who won Boston. I think he's in that sort of era, but uh, I could be totally wrong on that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, that was it. Anything else, Doug, about the weekend that stood out? I mean, good friends, times as as always. That's kind of what we go for but
0: yeah you know we it was just a need to be a part of of the bigger community you know what i think that some i often miss out on when i just go to a race and show up a few hours you know an hour before it starts and i leave right after i finish is i i miss the the community aspect of of the race and and this weekend being a part of this festival where they had seminars and and they were open to everyone. Uh, you know, some things were just us, but they had a lot of seminars that were open to everyone. You could Anyone could go hear Bart talk or Dina talk. Um,
1: or Bud Coates talk, or big Bud, Bud Coates <laughs> Or
0: Bud Coates talk, yep, big Bud Coates fan. Um, and meet the founders of Ultra. You know, I, I think that it, it encourages me to, during the next races, spend more time at the Expos. Go attend these events and these seminars and just kind of really... engage with the community more
1: yeah that's what it does it makes it makes me want to be a better runner in terms of not wanting to be faster but just want to be like i don't know a runner runner someone who who goes out and runs every day and just and just loves it all the time and just i don't know it makes me wish i i could be that and i never really quite can i don't know why it's just it's hard for me but
0: you know you had the chance to to do that on sunday have three days of running in a row and run a half marathon yeah, with a bunch of people.
1: No. I was too sore, though, of <laughs> your trail running strategy that I learned from Rocky Garner. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, anyway, let's talk about what we want to talk about. Uh, and that wasn't, by the way, just a a random intro that, to Kill Time. We did want to recap the weekend. So, um, that that's that. Let's talk about this, this topic that Dina brought up, though. So, Nancy asked at the end of the talk, and again, the talk was inspiring about positivity, some interesting things there. But... Nancy said, how has is, how is your life as a runner changed since becoming a parent? And I think Dina's daughter is something like four years old. She kind of looks roughly the age of my son, who's five. So I just kind of guessed she was four, but I don't really know. I think she said it was four. She was okay. four. Yep, I think that's right. Uh, and and when Nancy asked this question, Dina immediately started crying, which was kind of <laughs> interesting. Because she you know, she had, had given a nice, inspiring talk that was emotional, but there was nothing about it that was really negative in fact it was about being positive Mm -hmm. uh as soon as nancy asked this you could just see dina's face you know you could see this this emotion come over dina's face and she started crying right away uh and you know you just realized that 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 nancy had hit a chord i guess or struck a chord and so she she said yes of course it had changed dramatically and the story that she told was about See, we're going to mess up some of the details of course, but I think her pregnancy wasn't one that she could run for all that much of. Right. Sometimes some people have pregnancies where they can run up until almost the due date. Other people don't. Apparently Dina had to do a lot of a lot of being immobile. Uh but then she had the baby, did some running, they had a treadmill in their house of course and you know, got got back to activity and I think even you know, like at at one point realized how how good it felt to run again. Because right, you, as a mom, I guess you, you would, you, you have this baby that you have all the time, breastfeeding, all this kind of stuff, and like Dina went for a run and suddenly just felt liberated again, like she had rediscovered this part of herself, uh, and then decided she was going to try to make the Olympic trials and qualify for an Olympic team again. I don't remember which number of Olympic team it would be, but we mentioned before that Dina won an Olympic medal a few years back, and ended up finishing sixth in this Olympic trials race, where I think I think everything, you know, seemed like it was going well, and she had every reason to think she would do well. She finished sixth, and apparently right then – correct me, Doug, if I'm messing any of this up, <laughs> to your recollection. But uh, that at that point, she just said – she came to this realization. She said, I'm not being – I'm not being as good a parent as I could be because I'm have putting so much effort into this. And as shown by the sixth-place finish, when I think you need top three to make the Olympic team uh, – you know, I'm not being a good runner either, or at least by her standards, not being the runner that she could be. Right. I think she
0: was disappointed in her performance, and and when she realized how disappointed she was in her performance, she realized that she had sacrificed all this about by not being a, or the mother she wanted to
1: be, and she wasn't able to be the runner she wanted to be either. So right, which is kind of a theme that we talk about a lot of times. We when people talk about goals and running a marathon and trying to lose weight. We bring up the idea that you—you, you, it's really hard to be effective at two different goals at the same time. Uh, and right. even when you are effective that way, you could usually be more effective by just focusing on one of them. The example that I gave later in the weekend was someone mentioned how do I – do this because Doug and I were big into the DraftKings uh, stuff recently. <laughs> We've been doing that, and I was doing some fantasy football stuff in the car on Sunday. Car back to the airport, and someone asked me how how can I how can I do this with with kids crawling all over me on Sunday? And I said that it was one of those things where I just felt I wasn't being the best fantasy football player I could be, or the best parent <laughs> I could be in those moments. Uh, but so it comes up all the time in many many more examples than than that, of course, and in many examples. Not relating to kids even right how do you how do you balance two things that that really matter to you a whole lot
0: right how do you How do you be a good employee or run a business and and still train or how do you be a good friend or a good partner with your with the person you 're in a relationship with and and keep up with your training or keep up with your work or keep up with your blog or whatever it is that that you're juggling
1: yeah so that that's i mean I guess in some way this is a time management question but it's it's a lot more than that right i mean it's more about your energy and where you're putting your passion into it's mm-hmm. not something that having a good list system is going to solve or the right piece of software will solve for you right it's it's how do you make a choice you know between two things that that really do matter and that where maybe you're not willing to give up either one of them how do you how do you prioritize them uh can you do both so i guess we should start with what dina's answer w- was and from her answer, it sounded like she was completely at peace with this. That she had she her her husband, who I think is also her coach of some kind, uh, reminded her they were I think they were camping or something. And they, had, they apparently had a breakdown. Like she had a breakdown after this event happened, and her husband reassured her about lots of things. But it, it, one thing she mentioned that I remember is she said that like millions of women or every woman since the beginning of time has dealt with this issue of of how do you Certainly not every woman has dealt with this issue because there are some women who, or, and, and men as well, who just don't care about their kids. But so or, I should I say career. Yeah, also true. Uh, but but that millions. I think that's safe to say that millions of parents <laughs> have have <laughs> dealt with this issue before, and have come to a decision. Right there, are, there are people who are good parents and good at what they do. Uh, so you know, he reminded her that this it's not unique to her. Yes, she's a famous runner, and yes, her her vocation is a sport and she's a legend in it that's that's cool but it's still the same situation right it's it's choosing that and so he was like you know people have made this decision you're not the only one who's ever had to face this before and when when he did that i think i don't know what the process was of coming to the solution but for her and i think this is how it is for a lot of people the the answer ends up being i'm going to be a parent first and then anything else is secondary to that and like that's my reason now for being on this planet is to be the very best parent i can be and then, with whatever is left, I'm going to put that into running. In her case, mm-hmm. uh, and whatever else. So that was her solution. She seemed very happy with that. And I don't. She didn't mention anything about running results since then. I think the parenting, it seemed from the talk, had uh, had definitely. You know, she, she felt just she felt good about that now. And right. she mentioned that, that an example of when she was, I guess, sick or something, and a friend had. No, she her daughter said, was sick. Her daughter. Do- her daughter was sick, which would make more sense. <laughs> uh, her daughter was sick and her friend i guess another elite runner said something like well you know you have have you been running these past few days like at least getting some runs in on your treadmill and it occurred to dina that she hadn't even thought about the idea of running during those 3 days her child was sick not just not just going out for a run but she didn't hadn't even gotten on the treadmill or considered it because she was focused as a mom on on her child being sick and doing everything she could to make her daughter well so that you know to me made it seem like she was very very happy with this decision that this was the right decision Uh, but I, as I started to think about it, like I've, I've definitely dealt with this issue a lot. Like this is, this is, I think hit me harder than, than I expected. And then I think it hits a typical parent. I think I've done, not that I haven't done a good job of balancing it, but that, uh, it has been more difficult for me to find that balance than I expected. And then I think a typical parent has, And, and I'm sure there are many for whom it's way harder, but I just mean typical, the average parent. Uh, and I think, I think part of it is that like I didn't when we had kids, everyone was like, "Well, you know, you and go out now, enjoy it. Go go out to the bars now because you're not going to be able to do that anymore." <laughs> and Aaron and I were like, "Well, you know, we don't really care. Like we're we're done with that. We don't really care if we can't go out to bars anymore." And the the once or twice a year that we can, like we did a couple nights ago, <laughs> on karaoke night yet again. Uh, that's plenty. That's enough for the year or for the six months or whatever. But what's really hard, what was really hard for me, is if you have something that you really do care about a whole lot, and I think in a lot of cases that's going to be work, if you if you are lucky enough, and I, I certainly can admit that we are lucky to have, be able to do work that we really love doing, if you're lucky enough to have found something that you really, really love and feel like you are doing your passion eight hours a day or six hours a day or ten hours a day, whatever it is you're, you're finding time for that, then that's a much different situation from having a job that you hate or one that you kind of just, you know, Get done so that you can then get home and be with your family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think for me growing up, that's kind of how I was was raised. My dad never really liked his job, and it was always that when he would come home from work, that was when his day really began. Right, he would get the work done, then come home and give everything possible to the family. Right. And I realized that I was not in that situation because it's it's not it's not like that, right? Like I, when I'm working in the day, my my hope isn't I want to get this work done so that I can go do family stuff. Like that's not, I'm having so much fun with the work that I'm really happy to keep doing it, right? And I want I want that to occupy a big part of my day, uh, but then of course the family stuff is really important too, and I don't want to completely expend every bit of energy I have during work so that I have none left to give to the family at home because I want that to be a big part of my life too. So that's been really hard for me. Uh, Dina, of course, is in that situation, right? Has has the same has something she loves as her job, which is mm-hmm. running and I think a big difference there why why her solution isn't totally satisfactory for me is that she has already accomplished a lot right she won a bronze medal she's won several major marathons she has she's the fastest female American marathoner ever so like she's she's accomplished what what she's going to accomplish she might add to it she might have some more wins but she's probably not going to be an Olympic medalist again she's probably I mean she's gonna win some marathons probably but I don't know that I think she would. I think she would agree that her best running years are behind her, and she can add to that resume now. But it's not going to. Uh, it's not going to make or break. Right, her and, that, and that
0: has more to do with her age than than her choice to yeah, have a child. Right, right, right. You know. and
1: that's one. And when I think about this, one of the things I say is, I wish I would have had a child about five years ago. <laughs> like not ever that I don't wish I wouldn't wouldn't have kids. Not not ever that I don't. <laughs> <laughs> let me say it again. Ne- never do I say I wish okay, I wouldn't tread, have tread had kids. Tread lightly, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> um. It's never that, but it's always like, man, I, w- I think one mistake I made was I did this about five years too early. I wish – I wish like I feel like right now I'd, I'd be in a great space, place to have a little baby again. Because <laughs> you know, now, now my kids are both past the total infant stage, and I'm like, I just want that again. I feel like now I'm at a point where I can really handle that and I'm ready for that. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll have another, but who knows. Um, But anyway, I think – I don't know. That, that's to me why her answer it wasn't totally satisfactory because like, I have a lot that I – I feel like I haven't really done what I want to do yet. And right. I don't really know what that is, but I want to. I want to accomplish bigger and better things still. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's an excuse. Maybe that's just me in my head making a rationalization. Uh, but my, my solution, you know, I couldn't. I couldn't just say I'm going to be a dad first and foremost all the time, and work's going to just entirely take a backseat to that. Uh, it's, for me, it has been a shared thing that both are really, really important to me. And my solution has been to draw really hard lines in between family time and work time. So a lot of people are surprised. For some reason, blogger types are surprised to learn that I don't do anything on weekends as far as blog work goes. And after 5 p.m., I almost never do anything at all. I mean, if there's something, if there's a big launch going on or something new, then I will make the exception and and it's understood with family. And of course, traveling like weekends like this. But I don't write blog posts on the weekend or do any kind of work stuff because weekend is, is family time and it's... For me, that is the way it's worked. When I, in the past, before I knew this, was was building no meat athlete, had just had my son, and would try to like hang out with with the family in the living room, watching some kids' TV show, or you know, hanging out doing kids stuff, and then also answering emails and writing blog stuff. And I started to realize that I was just in that situation. That's when I was being the person who wasn't a good parent and wasn't good at my job. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it, it's having that 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 hard line, and also, and that means. The opposite is that during work hours, which we've, my wife and I say, like, this is the work hours. During those, it's expected that that's what I'm going to do is work. And I'm not going to, you know, she she knows that it's not good to say, hey, can you come run this errand for me? Or do you want to come with us to do this? It's more like this is work time and that's family time. And for me, that's that's been the solution. Uh, since we've come to that, I've been infinitely happier than I was before that, when it was always like, should I be doing this? And, and, like, when you're with the family, you feel like you should be working. When you're working, you feel like you should be with the family and that's that's not good for anybody. Yeah. So what do you have to say, to that Doug, as a as a future father?
0: As a future father? No, I mean I think that that's important, especially you know for someone like you and 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 me who are who are running our own businesses and, and doing kind of non-traditional work, um, where those lines aren't as defined, you know, as as going to the office. Um, you know, for, so for me, and I think a lot of people who are listening to this who maybe aren't parents they aren't feeling that pressure necessarily with family, but they're feeling it through other things. And um, and I know that, you know, I want to be a good blogger. I want to be a good uh, work, you know, I want to do good work with an athlete. I want to be a good runner and I want to be a good husband, right? Mm-hmm. Those are all big things. But there are all these other things I want to do too. You know, I want to read more and I want to play more guitar and I want to do all these other things. And I think that for me, what I have to do is is really accept that there are lots of things that I maybe won't get to and just come to terms with that and prioritize the, the few things that are really important to me, you know, rocky runner and athlete running and being a husband, you know, those are the three things right now that are more important than anything else. And, and I can accept that maybe I won't be that, I won't have that time to do the other things that I would like to do. Um, because they're not quite as important as the as these other things, so I have to really prioritize those things and just come to terms with the fact that the, the, that there are things that will get pushed aside and and you know and sometimes you might have time for that um, and you may, might be able to do that, but but these are the things that I'm focusing on and I'm okay with that.
1: Yeah, I think that's important. I think the and I'm okay with that is really important too because you don't want that stuff weighing on you. Like I should be playing more guitar than I am, right? Uh, and like you know beating yourself up over this. And I think when you make that decision that says this stuff is secondary. And it's unfortunately is not going to be a priority in my life. It's just going to be a take a backseat to that and it'll be a little hobby that I do now and then, but one that I don't get better at really or, or you know, d- dedicate myself to the way I like to dedicate things or dedicate myself to things. Um, th- I think also though, it, it also can sort of, if that's your attitude, it can also kind of dictate the choices you make because... I think for me, that's also one of the reasons that I mentioned. I've mentioned that I've had trouble being motivated to to run, mm-hmm. and ha- what always has motivated me, motivated me is the big, huge running goal, right? To have the qualify for Boston Marathon when I'm not even close to that, or run 100 miles for the first time, and those, you know, were huge, exciting goals. Running though, and I mean a lot of things are this way, but I think running in particular is one where you get to a point where you need to just put in a lot of time into it, right? right. Even when you're not. Thinking it's it's not something you can like drastically lessen the amount of time you have to do by just being focused and deliberate during that time because there are a lot of things where like yes you, and this is not going to be fair to guitar playing but like my my impression of guitar playing is yes you need to put in a lot of time in, into it but if you're just noodling around playing songs you already know and singing songs that's not nearly the same as focusing on scales learning how to write songs. Act, you know, really deliberate practice, and this idea of deliberate practice as opposed to just practice for the sake of mm-hmm. logging hours—that that's not a new thing. That that um, there's a book called uh, "Talent Is Overrated" that I mentioned a lot. Jeff Colvin, it's a really good book. I like that one a lot. And I think Malcolm Gladwell wrote a book called "Outliers," which is very similar. Like talking about what what makes people great at what they do. People who are really great, what has made them that way. And for a lot of it it there's this this ten thousand hour rule that they have to have logged ten thousand hours is kind of the general thing that Gladwell came up with to be an expert yes yeah. and of course there are there are other examples or counter examples where that doesn't apply, but those ten thousand hours are deliberate practice
0: mm-hmm. uh
1: i I don't know if I don't know how that how running falls in there, whether ten thousand truly does make someone a good runner or not uh, but running is one of those things to me that seems like even when you are being deliberate and you're you're not running junk miles. You're doing the best you can. There's still something to just running 100 miles a week versus running 20, 30 miles a week, right? Man. There's hours and hours of time that separates people who are really good at it from those who are not. I think this is true in a lot of, a lot of different endeavors, but for some reason to me, running strikes me as one where you, there's a point where you just need to put it in time doing it. You, mm-hmm. Even when you have no more insights to make there, you just need to go out and run and get the miles in. And I think since having now two kids… Since that has changed in my life, it's it's made the big running goal feel somewhat less exciting because because the the one that's really exciting doesn't feel achievable anymore because it's you know I just because I know that I don't have that kind of time to put into that sort of thing um, and that's not completely true right? if, if I were to say running is now a bigger priority than no meet athlete I'm going to do the very minimum I can for work and the other six hours of the day I'm going to put into running you know you can rearrange things but. Without crazy rearranging of schedule, I think that's one of the reasons why running has become less exciting to me yeah
0: that's that's interesting and and I think that you're right, running is one of those things where you just need to log miles and you need to log log time of course, you can do it more deliberately and you can eliminate a lot of time, but yes. you know with with you know ultra marathons and and even even uh running a a really fast marathon, which I think is then you're the running goal that's most exciting to you right now um you know that requires a, a significant amount of time i think that i am able to kind of associate time running with work time and count that <laughs> as work time <laughs> right. um in part because you know Rocky runner is a running blog it's not much more a running blog than No I mean athlete is mm-hmm. and uh and it is required of 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 ideas and and the work that i do there and the coaching and stuff um right so you know i think i'm able to justify that a little bit more than maybe you are Uh, and i think
1: also I could be wrong here but i I think for you more of your running hours also can count as fun time right oh yeah i'm actually enjoying this right i don't know i I get maybe half an hour a day i can i can do that and count running (laughs) as that like i'm listening to something new and i feel good Mm -hmm. this is fun Mm -hmm. once i get over a half hour especially over an hour, then I'm like, I just want to be home like this is I've had enough of this, yeah, unless I'm training for something that's good, then I you know it's worth it but but it's to me that's not fun relaxing time, and I don't feel like it's valuable as exercise time either once you go beyond an hour, it's just you know you, you can get exercise done more efficiently than that,
0: yeah, well, you know, and, and I think that that's a good point. I think that this is a good example of one of those things that maybe now isn't the time to focus on running, right maybe now is the time to focus on. On I mean, athlete and 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 being a parent and that that running uh, having a big running goal for the sake of having a big running running goal uh, you know shouldn't you shouldn't yeah. have a big running goal
1: <laughs> yeah uh, that's sort of the conclusion I've come to but I don't know it, it's it's really hard to say I, I do go back and forth weekends like this past one make me. Think more about that and say like how you know how can I just make another big how can I get fully back into running again the way that I used to be and, and mm-hmm. care about the way I used to.
0: Well, I'm going to keep pressuring you and giving you a hard Good. time. That's
1: what I like. I enjoyed that this weekend <laughs> with the half marathon. which i did. But the,
0: I really thought it was going to work too. I really, I really had did. I not
1: been really sore from that trail race. I think I probably would have been pressured into because Danny as well from mm-hmm. weight off my shoulders was also similar amount of pressuring. Uh, even resorted to the sad text message that said you would be sad if i didn't do it and <laughs> i really wanted to i wished i could have but at that point i was too sore so anyway um we haven't mentioned yet doug the the balance between i thought you would say this but you didn't uh between the time that it takes to, to get a run done and the time that you have to spend not with kids but with a, a girlfriend or spouse or wife or boyfriend or husband or whatever it is um i, I feel like that is a Thing that happens all the time I, I hear especially in ultra running people like the people i used to run ultras with that was the big thing was like like golf like 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 husband playing golf on the weekend and the wife being upset about that which is really sort of <laughs> this thing that you know whether it's really true often or not is uh is i guess sort of a stereotype or something that you think of as being true but i i hear that it seems that there are a lot of relationships that are messed up by running because mm-hmm. someone wants to run and it's, it's a lot of time just away off on your own that if you're if your significant other is not interested in running it's just required if you want to be good at running and pour yourself into running mm-hmm. it's required lots of time away from them yeah so I don't know I, I thought maybe you'd have something to say about that did yeah. you dealt with that
0: <laughs> well, you know I think there are two important things to consider when you're thinking about that and this probably goes with having a family as well uh you know and the first is to Make sure that the time that you are dedicating to your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend or best friend or whoever uh, is, you're really dedicating them dedicating that time to them. like like you mentioned, you have these hard cutoffs where you're not trying to do work and spend time with your family at the same time. You know you're really spending time with your family, or in this case, you're really spending time with your your spouse or, or your partner.
1: Let me interject really quick. That is this is where the no smartphone thing came from, by the way. I get made fun of for that a lot. Uh-huh. I got made fun of a lot this weekend for that. But that's No, you got made fun of because you <laughs> you didn't know how to true. tweet. <laughs> right. True. But that's that came from that. Right that that is just making the line harder and saying this is I'm not going to be doing work during this time. Because that's when you said when you mentioned dedicating you're really actually spending good time with someone else right. and, and having them. If you have your if you if a lot of your work is on your cell phone and you have that there Mm-hmm. Then that makes it really hard to, to eff- or at least for me it made it hard to effectively do family stuff when I could just swipe my finger and see new tweets. Right? It Made yeah. me maybe me not good at being a family guy while I was working. So anyway, sorry to interrupt, but I did want to put that out there. That it's not just an old or like doing it for the sake of doing it. It, it really that was my reason for not having the smartphone is because it I felt like it took my attention away from stuff that was more important.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, you're you're absolutely right. And no, and continue. that's not even work and and stuff, but just you know, it's just, the phone is full of distractions and sure, right, um, right, you know, checking out DraftKings every five just, minutes. Do you that. do that, yeah. Um, anyway, so so the first thing is to really dedicate and and make the time that you uh, are running be running and not running, you know, be with your partner or, or spouse, uh, and then the other thing is to really make sure that your family and friends are. On board with your running goals, and I think that is so important and something that's so often overlooked. Someone reads a book or reads a blog post and gets excited about a race, maybe even signs up for it before they even talk to their spouse about it, and talk to the talk about what the actual commitment is going to be. If you're running your first marathon, if you're running for your first half marathon, or or ultra marathon, it's going to take a lot of time, and if your spouse isn't uh, a runner or isn't used to you training like that then it'll come as a big surprise when you're gone for three hours on a saturday morning and then you're totally wiped out for the next two um or the friday night you know you can't you can't do this things you normally would on a friday night if you're gonna have to wake up early the next morning and run 20 miles um and so what like what sort of things (laughs) (laughs) like like sing karaoke (laughs) okay at the at the hotel lobby in the hotel lobby okay um You know, so so making sure that you are upfront about that and that your 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 spouse is on board with you. So explain to them what it is that why you want to do it, what good it's gonna do for you, to have this goal, you know, how this is going to change your life and, and have them be a part of the experience and on board with the experience so that so they understand uh, why you're why you're leaving for such long times and and why you're doing that and then you know maybe make up for that time by by allowing them to do yeah. things that I they're I think that's excited really about. important.
1: I mean, if they're a runner, it makes it a lot easier, right? Because they appreciate sure. what you're doing, they understand why it takes that kind of time, and it's very easy to to make the trade off and say, okay, now it's your turn to go run. Whether that's that same day mm-hmm. or whether it's five months later, once your race is done, now it's your turn to do something, and I'll I'll be the person who you know watches the kids or does whatever else and or i as okay with you going out and doing something that's not with me
0: yeah you have to support them just as much as, as they're supporting you and you know i mean especially with ultra marathons the the level of support that it takes from a partner is is huge you know if they're coming to the races and if they're supporting you through night runs and and all day runs it it takes a lot so um you know just acknowledging that and 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 Showing your support for them when they do their things so it's, it's huge.
1: Yeah, and that definitely—I mean, it changes so much. I think to if, if your wife is so into, into it, or husband in someone listener's case, uh, that they're out there being your crew for your hundred miler, and they're you know up all night with you, and just being a crew is miserable, right? I mean, they have to do—it's <laughs> just—it's just you're waiting for someone to show up, you're worrying about them. They're going to come in cranky for fifteen minutes that they're with you. They're going to be cranky and upset. And you need to just be positive and get them. So it's really hard work. And to know that your spouse is doing that because that's how much they support you. Mm-hmm. It's so different in your head from this feeling of like, you know, on top of – let's say – and I know people who were like this. While they're in the worst part of their 100-miler, when they think of what's at home or what the spouse is, it's this guilt feeling of like, you know, I, I shouldn't be doing this. I should be doing this with them right now or you mm-hmm. know, that they wouldn't like this at all. It's just so different, I mean that that could be another reason to quit if if among all the others that there are at that point, so I think it really does make a huge difference, and we're both very lucky that our wives have, our wives have been very, very supportive,
0: yeah, without a doubt, yep. you know, but i just I think that the main point is to really be upfront about it and have that conversation with them from the very beginning um, and make the decision together because when you make the decision together, I think it just
1: it goes over a lot better, yep. <laughs> and it makes things a lot easier for everyone absolutely. Erin actually, when I came from Runner's World, was saying that she was hoping it would inspire me to get back into running, oh, which really? is cool, right? Because that, I mean, that that means we've done a good job there with that not being a a big stress causer. In the, in well, now
0: show. you have no, you have zero excuses
1: other than except all the stuff we just talked about. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll try. I'm going to find something soon. I really am. I I think I don't know. I could see myself going through a phase of go to the gym for a while and just get strong, and because that's what I also I don't like when I feel really skinny and when I feel like, yes, I'm good at running right now, but I'm also really weak and thin right now. I don't like that. That happens to me a lot when I run a lot of miles. Uh, so maybe I'll do some gym time first. Sounds
0: like a pretty lame excuse to me.
1: It's not. That, that's a real thing for me. Well, all right. <laughs> um, okay, so do we have anything else to say here about time balancing and making choices? I mean, neither of us is an expert at this. This is. I don't think there is an answer to that. Like, how, how do you make a choice between two things that really matter to you how do you pick the one that matters most or or can you possibly pick two and have them have them share time there's not an answer right there's no solution to how do you prioritize things that are are already at the very top of your priorities everything we talked about eliminating the dumb stuff like guitar playing or whatever else that doesn't really matter in our lives that much Uh, but once you're left with the stuff that really does matter to you how do you choose what's best or, or how do you balance it? There's no answer to that. You, it's, it's individual. So that's what we do. Uh, we heard what Dina does and mm-hmm. what many other parents do, I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think there is
0: no, there is no right answer. The only right answer that I could say is, is to just be deliberate about it, you know, and not cause you get into trouble and you end up just really frustrated when you're, when you're not making decisions, when you're not deliberate and you're trying to juggle everything at the same time. And guitar playing is not dumb. <laughs>
1: no, it's not. I love guitar playing. I wish I had more time to do it.
0: But, but for us, it wasn't the... Or for me, anyway, it wasn't the, the most important thing.
1: Right. Right. So, I mean, yeah. I'm going to call everything else dumb that I've eliminated from my life that I used <laughs> to like, just to see who I can offend. <laughs>
0: no. So be deliberate. Be deliberate. Uh,
1: and I think... I honestly think inside of you is the answer. Like, I I, I don't know. When it comes to the work and parent thing, like... Even though they're balanced, I also know that if a family thing comes up that's really important, I know for a fact that that's going to to become the priority, right? That work can get way, way behind, whereas I probably wouldn't ever let the family stuff get way, way behind. And a lot of people do that. I mean, a lot of people do work so hard that that the family stuff suffers. I I know just in my heart that that's kind of the number one thing, and, and I've got to create the space for the work around it. But you know, for me, that like that is still always going to be number one. And I think I think probably everyone does sort of know what that answer is. It just would be my guess. You yeah. gotta listen,
0: right? Listen to your heart.
1: There you go. Good, strong. answer. <laughs> all right. Well, let's wrap it up. Um, we'll be back soon. We've got all these guests we're threatening to have on one day. I've got a list of like ten good guests, and I just need to send some emails and make it happen. But uh, stuff is in the works. <laughs> so anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, this has been fun. I heard today, Doug, I read a Seth Godin blog post that said I think it was called the Coming Podcast Surplus. And it's something it resonated with me because it is something that I am suffering from and it's this idea that the podcasts that you listen to, however many there might be, uh it it reaches a point or if it hasn't already for an individual it's going too soon, where they are literally putting out more minutes of content than you have time to listen to in the day. Right Even if you don't count your sleeping hour if you count 24 hours a day, I'm sure there are people for, who listen to enough podcasts that they have 25 hours a day of new content. so there's no way you can keep up with it. It's not possible for you to keep up with that. I guess if you do the two times speed replay thing you can, you can do that um, But it's somewhat different from, from blog posts and, and you know big reading lists because you can you can scan that you can speed that up. It's very hard to do that with audio and I'm definitely suffering from that. Certainly my stuff is not nobody's producing it. I don't listen to that many that I have that same issue, but just from this past stressful few months, I've been I'm just so far behind on stuff that I really want to listen to that, and I've never felt so far wanting to consume so much stuff in terms of books, podcasts, all this stuff. So anyway, um, I think that that says something about podcasting as a medium. It seems to me that we're going to hit a point where people just just stop accepting ideas for new podcasts, and they just listen to what they're listening to. Mm -hmm. And I know that I'm that way already. I already like when I hear about a new podcast, I'm like, "Uh, I don't think I can really commit to even trying that because it's just it's not going to happen so anyway just wanted to put that out there as an appreciation for yeah. you choosing to spend that time with us we it, it really does matter to us and uh we have fun doing these things we're getting back to normal but thank you yeah absolutely
0: it's a pleasure doing these and we're so glad that people actually enjoy them and, and love hearing yes when you listen to them so
1: it's not a pleasure with how hot this room gets when we do yeah this, it, this new really office is really hot Okay, closing note, Doug. What was the best part of karaoke night for you? <laughs> Single best moment. Single best moment was probably
0: when Matt was doing the walk over the chair thing, where you mm, that thing tip it over.
1: Did, yep, smooth.
0: Smoothly, smooth. it was. I had no idea you
1: had such talents. Right. How about you? Uh, wasn't that fun at the time? But when I think back, I liked that mic drop. I did. <laughs> When the karaoke guy claimed it was a $300 mic and that we owed him that. But I really – I set it down gently, but just just head mic drop.
0: Yeah. That was great.
1: But there were many more moments, many of which we don't remember that well. But that was good. Good times at Runner's World.
0: Absolutely. All, All right. right.
1: Thanks for listening. Thanks, Runner's World, for doing a good race. Thanks for the sponsors for sponsoring. <laughs> All right. Bye.